Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new season of Through the Winter's Ministry Podcast. So excited to get this new year started with you all. Let's go. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the new season of Through the Winter's Ministry Podcast. Hey, it's been crazy, man. Um, We here at Through the Winter's, we're just trying to figure out, I'm sure like many of you all, what the year was going to hold for 2020. And um, obviously, the pandemic put a hold on a lot of our plans and a lot of things that we had set up to do for our ministry. And so it made things a little more complicated. Most of you know, also, I'm a pastor at the church, an associate pastor. And so uh, we had to put some stuff on hold when it came to Through the Winters because we had to try to figure out what was going to happen with church. You know, were we having service, not having service? Was it an outdoor service or what were we, what were we going to do? How do we set up the sanctuary for, you know, the six feet apart and, and all the other stuff that we needed to do and, and just to get the ball rolling and other things. We had a few podcasts in between, and um, but it, it was just hard to try to keep everything going along with family and, and then the holidays came around and, you know, everything was just different. So here we are in 2021, ready to start things fresh and do st- some things new. We have some hopes for the new year. Uh, we're still in a crisis. There's still a lot of things going on um, politically, emotionally, uh, religiously. Things are happening all around the world and here in the U.S. And uh, we're just going to keep everything in prayer and trust God because uh, we know that he is in control of all things. And some new things we have coming down the pike are actually a couple of books. One is a devotion based on the Gospel of Luke. And we're hoping that will come out sometime in March. We'll let you guys know more about that as we get closer to it. And it's pretty much a devotional book from the Gospel of Luke, like I said, but from Luke's eyes. Us taking a look as Luke, because he wasn't a, a, a Jewish person. You know, he, he didn't grow up in, in the Jewish customs, Jewish ways. He got saved uh, under Paul's ministry. And so he's learning about this Jesus. He's learning about the gospel. He's learning about about who Christ is and those that he worked with and, and the disciples and so on. And so as Luke writes his gospel, he's probably learning these things and hearing maybe some of these stories that he writes about for the very first time. So our devotion is traveling with Luke. As he writes, we learn along with him and maybe even try to get into his head and see, hey, how did he feel when he heard that? You know, when, when Jesus, you know, multiplied the fish and the bread, how, how, what did Luke think of that? You know, and so uh, we hope you guys enjoy that. And again, we'll let you guys know more about that as we get closer uh, to its uh, release date. And that's going to come out on Amazon. And then we have a second book that uh, Marsha is writing in collaboration with a whole bunch of other female authors and speakers. And it's going to be a collaboration book. And that's hopefully going to come out around Mother's Day of this year in 2021. And again, we'll give you guys more information about that. And it's them sharing their own testimonies or their own experiences of how God has brought them through hard times and difficult situations. And if many of you know Marsha's testimony, you know that she's gone through a lot in her teen years and the years before that uh, as a child through abuse and all those kind of things. So uh, we have hopes for this new year. A couple of books. We have our new podcast also, Songs of Praise. And if you haven't checked that out, if you have a Spotify premium account, you can check out Songs of Praise because if you don't have the premium account, the songs that you listen to on there will only be about 30 seconds of a song as opposed to having a premium account, which allows you to listen to all the songs in completion. And uh, it's just a worship podcast that we want to start 
uh, picking some of our favorite worship songs and also gearing it towards an opportunity to listen to worship music of different types and genres and maybe even some newer uh, worship artists. So each episode is going to be geared towards um, different types of worship. At one moment, it can be uh, gospel praise. Another time, it can be meditation praise, um, quiet moments of prayer. Other times, it'll be uh, probably like your average Sunday morning service types of worship songs. Check it out. We know you guys will enjoy that. It's going to be on Spotify, and uh, we already have a few episodes out. I'm sure you guys will just continue to enjoy um, that time also. So let's get into today's episode, amen? Hey everyone, before we go further into our podcast, just want to remind you that Through the Winters is available for your next men's group, women's group, youth group, Sunday morning service where we can share our testimony or even a teaching or a preaching. If you'd like more information, just contact us through our website at throughthewinters.com or on Facebook under Through the Winters. Send us a message and we'll let you guys know about what we offer and how our ministry works. Hope to hear from you soon. God bless you all. So I just want to talk to you guys just for a little while, um, just about being in God's presence and what that means. Uh, so often I hear believers talk about being in God's presence and their version of it um, is just sometimes stuck in just one or two ways. Being in God's presence means that you're worshiping and or being in God's presence is going before him in prayer. And those are true, but that's not the only thing about being in God's presence. The, the presence of God can be with us 24-7. If we learn how to allow him to be in, in, in our lives, you know, and and um, God wants more than just, you know, even though these times of worship and prayer are special, he wants more than just those times. And um, first scripture I want to read to you guys is from Hebrews. And uh, if you want just a little background on Hebrews, it's uh, it, it was written to people who were in the midst of struggle. When the book of Hebrews is written, the author is writing to these people who were in struggle. And the original audience were to Jewish Christians and life was difficult for them. Uh, as followers of Jesus. These believers were facing persecution and hardship, and uh, they had their doubts about the gospel, whether their salvation depended on only Jesus. Um, uh, When temptation came, you know, how do they handle doing things their own way as opposed to maybe what God wants for them and things like that. And so uh, the book of Hebrews is written to these Christians, and and it's helping them to understand that the message of what Jesus brought, uh, what what Jesus brought to the table. Now, remember, these are Jewish believers. So for a lot of them, if not most of them, or if not all of them, uh, they grew up under a certain standard of these are how we practice our faith and what we do. Jesus, of course, now came and he interpreted certain things in new and refreshing ways. And they had a little hard time of maybe now trying to figure out, so what does that mean for my day-to-day decisions? So what does that mean for my, my everyday choices? And in particular, I want to read from Hebrews chapter 10, uh, just a few verses. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22, where it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most high place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And it's a beautiful thing because I love how it says, let us draw near to God 
with a sincere heart and with a full assurance that faith brings. You know, and he's talking about the the, the faith that we have in Christ. Um, no longer did it have to be just about what I've learned and what I know, though that is still important, but it's now also in the faith that Christ brings in that. So it's your knowledge of the word mixed with the faith that you have of that God will fulfill his word and work through you with his word that now helps the believer move forward and and and, and make that connection to, to be in God's presence and to recognize that God is there with you and walking with you. So it's that simple question that I wonder uh, about sometimes is, do believers, or as believers, do we recognize that when we meet for worship, uh, that Christ is in our presence? Because he promises to never leave us nor forsake us, right? And so here, uh, there, there, you know, there's that, that question of, does God care about me? Does God hear me when I pray? Does God uh, care about what I care about? And all these other things that start coming up. And meanwhile, we forget that this is the God that is there for us in the morning, He's a God that's there for us in the evening. He He knows our last thoughts and our first thoughts throughout the day. You know, uh, He's there to 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 greet us and to and to welcome us into a new day and a new opportunities that we have. You know, with the coming day, and um, He's there to help us in our circumstances. And in fact, in James chapter four verse eight, it says, "Come near to God, and He will come near to you." You know, and it also says, "You know, wash your hands." You know. Uh, you who are unclean and all that kind of stuff, which is pretty funny for when we look about what where we are today. But you know, he, he says, "Come near to him." He says, "Just come near to. Let God, in other words, be a part of your morning. Let him be a part of your day. Let him be a part of your your drive. Let him be a part of you going shopping. Let him be a part of of your work. Let him be a part of your schooling. Let him be a part of your evening. Let him be a part of your dinner. Let him be a part of your marriage. Your your parenting. Your let God be a part of that." And he will draw near to you. In other words, let God and open up your, your life to welcome God into these areas of your life. And God will show you who he is in those parts, in those areas of your life. It's pretty straightforward, but we miss those things. And we forget, no, God can be a part of that if you allow him to be a part of that. And it's not just in words. Some people say, oh, Lord, be, be with me in my marriage. But yet you still do things the way you want to do in your marriage. You know, not looking for any resolve, still um, trash talking your spouse and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's like God's like, you say you want me to be a part of it, but that's just words because your actions do otherwise. And so we got to be smart in how we break that down. God will show you who he is and he will do it in different ways. We just need to learn how to listen. And, you know, God showed me that he was really uh, um, there and present after my dad had passed away. And um, I remember the evening after we had gotten the news, we had gotten the news early in the morning and the day went by and that was just chaos as people found out and things were just happening. And that evening, um, I went, remember going out into my, my, my front porch, just walking out the door. I didn't want to be inside anymore, looking up in the sky and I won't get too much into it, but God revealed himself to me and showed me that he was real. The question came literally out of my mouth. God, I need to know that my dad is with you. Is the same God that my father tried to teach me about, and he 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 had me go to church, and and I learned about in church, and well, you know, like, but all that's happened, I know he's gone. Are you real? Was pretty much my question, and God, in His infinite way, showed me from that point on that He definitely is real. And one of the things that I've learned now in my walk with Christ is that 
I kept on doing things and living my faith walk from that point on. I was about maybe 12, 13 years old when this happened. I kept on living my faith walk for God to prove himself and his existence to me. All right, God, here's my another, here's another situation in my life I'm going through. And, and, you know, I'm 15 years old now. So God, I need to show, I need you to show me that you're real. I need you to show me that you're real. All right, God, here's another situation that I'm going through right now. And I'm 18 years old. And uh, God, I need you to show me that you're real. God, I need to show you, show me that you're real. Meanwhile, I know what I experienced and what I saw when I was 13. And God already showed me that he was real. And God wasn't into the business of constantly trying to show me that he's real. And I was going about it the wrong way. My situations were real. The circumstances I was facing were real. They, 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 they were, they were bringing me down or, or challenging me, you know, in, in, in all sorts of ways. But it wasn't any more for me to now say, "God, show me you're real." It was like, "Okay, God, help me to know how to deal with this. God, give me the strength, or, or teach me what it is that I need to learn from this experience or this situation, whatever the case was." It wasn't for me to constantly now ask God to show me that He was real. And I didn't get that so much, much, much later. I wasted so much time asking God to prove himself to me that he was that he cared and, and all the kind of stuff. And meanwhile, God's like, I already showed you I'm real. Can we move forward? Can I can I start, you know, weaponizing you? Can I start can I start equipping you with what 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 with what you really need? Can I start re- revealing to you the kind of partnership that we can have in this walk with our of ours? And I kept on crippling myself because I kept on going back to God, you got to show me you're real. So if, you show, if you're real, then you'll take this problem away. You'll, take, you'll do this. And believe it or not, that's, that, that wasn't just the act of a teenager. That's the act of a lot of adults, you know, in their perception of God, God show me that he's real. Didn't he already do that at one point or another? Did God do something in your life? And maybe if he hasn't, maybe you didn't recognize it or things like that. But I, what my point is that some of us have to recognize that when God shows us that he's there, and that he's real, whether it was that phone call, whether it was some weird miracle, whether it was that mail we got, whether it was that, that person that interceded, whether it was that message or that song that played at the right time, the right moment, that you know it couldn't have been nothing else but God. Whatever the situation was, that you know God revealed himself to me, that he heard me, that, he, that he's there, that he cares, or whatever the case may be. Why is it that God has to keep on doing those miracles and keep on showing you who he is? And that's where the challenge of, of I think, recognizing God's presence is, is really uh, needs to be for the believer. Um, again, it's not just for believers. If if I'm talking, if you're one who really doesn't believe in God and things like that, we got to have a little bit of a different talk because you know it comes with faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God and and, and understanding who God is in your life. And if and and if you don't have faith in God or don't even think that He's real to begin with, or and you doubt everything Scripture and all that kind of stuff, that's a different walk and different process. But to those of us who are already saying yes, I believe the word and I see the word and, I, and I'm I'm a I, I want to walk by faith. We need to stop asking God to show himself to us and reveal himself to us, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but we need him to stop. We need to stop asking him to do that so that we can believe that he's there and that that he's real. There's got to come a point in a believer's life that we recognize, no, God is here. I need to turn to him, which is why I think a good portion of scripture says that turn to me, turn from your wicked ways, lean on me, focus your eyes on me because you already believe that I'm here. Now start looking towards me to do what you need me to do instead of asking me to show you that I exist or show you that I'm real or show you that I hear you. We've established that already. Why can't we go further so you can be stronger in your circumstances and your situations as opposed to me always trying to prove that I hear your circumstances and situations. 
Some may not agree with me on this, but it's really a lesson that I've learned for myself that's actually strengthened my walk because it changes the way I pray now. It changes. I, I no longer go, God, if you hear me, God, if you care. I don't do that. None of that ifs. I know you care. I know you hear me. God, you see my situation. God, I know that that that, that you're, you, you supersede and you're more powerful than whatever's coming my way. And so, God, here's what I need to know. Here's what I need. What is it, to God, that you want to show me? God, give me the strength to do this. Lord, help me to walk through this way. Because it's no more about, you know, if you're there, if you care. Like, uh, I know you care. I know you're there. That's not coming out of my mouth anymore. And, and that's the point that I'm trying to make when it comes to us recognizing that his presence is there. His presence is there. And when he reveals himself to us as believers, then that's where we got to hold on to saying, no, I remember that moment where God showed me he's there. I felt his presence in my heart, and my spirit. And again, however he's done it, because he does it in different ways for different people. And so the first was learning how to pray. I had to now start learning how to pray, change my prayers from the if God or do you God and how come God. I had to change all that. Um, to recognize I have to change the way I pray and and make my prayer start having some power in it. Um, have my prayer start being stronger. And listen, about in Scripture, about 80% uh, of where prayer is mentioned, it always comes with some kind of clause, you know, at the end of it, you know, that's attached to it. You know, like according to Second uh, Chronicles chapter 14, seven, chapter 7, verse 14, it says uh, that prayer plays a part in the forgiveness of sins. But what's attached to that is also saying, but you have to learn how to humble yourself and turn from your wickedness. See, so it's like, so prayer is going to help me strengthen myself to learn how to forgive sins. But you as a believer have to also now learn how to humble yourself and turn from your wickedness so that you can strengthen yourself when it comes to forgiving others. In other words, how can you have a wicked heart and yet you went and still hold other people who are wicked against you? Um, liable for what they did, but yet not hold yourself liable for what you've done. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, where Jesus said, to pray for those who rise up against you. Again, it's speaking about, he says, but you need to also forgive in your heart. Luke 18, 1, he says, be, be persistent in your prayers. That means that you have to learn how to be faithful in, in, in trusting that God is hearing, God is moving. If you're going to be persistent, it's not just so you can be a broken record saying the same thing over and over and over. No, it's because you realize that God is faithful to those who reach out to him. So there's always these things. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, to pray uh, with, without evil intent. That means to humble yourself. And First Peter chapter 3, verse 12, then it says that God hears the prayers of the righteous. So guess what? If you want God to start moving and working and, and to, to be uh, start answering those prayers, he says, I hear the prayers of the righteous. That means you got to start doing what is right, you know, and, and, and submitting yourself and learning what it means to walk in obedience. Like all these things come with a little claws at it. You know, it's like, and, and it's not because God is vicious or mean and like, how come God can just can't make it happen? Because God's not looking to be a genie in our lives. Ooh, I know that's what some people want God to be. God, just do, God, just do what you, what you can do and, you know, and just get it done. No, he, he's not a genie. He's in a relationship style. He says, I want to be there for you. Just like any good friend, any good, any good spouse, any, any good partner would want to be there for the other person. But it's got to also be something that you give in return. If we're going to have this cool relationship and this close relationship, this wonderful relationship with God, we got to show him also that we're willing to also change our ways. We're willing to, to submit to, to his authority. Um, 
to sacrifice maybe some some comforts in our own life so that we can do what he needs us to do for for the kingdom. I have um, something that that I want to uh, throw at you guys also, and it's going to be a reading from John chapter 14. But before we do that, I just want you guys to check out these little infomercials about Through the Winter's ministry and some other things. So check it out. This is Marsha, and I am so happy to let you guys know about our new segment called Miss Misery, found on our website at www.throughthewinters.com. In there, you are going to see letters that I have been writing to my friend, Miss Misery. She has been battling with mental disorder for several years, and in these letters, she is able to express candidly about her feelings of not fitting in, suicide, and her relationship with God. It is a letter that is very heart-wrenching because she has so many issues and struggles that we can all relate with at one point of our life. But where you think that she's starting to get it, she has a moment. How many of you can feel that way, that you feel like you're getting it, but then you lose it? Well, she is very open and honest about that, and I answer her as kindly and with as much compassion as I can. Maybe you are not going through those things, but maybe you have a friend that you know is struggling with the same thing. I would encourage you to read these letters even for yourself so that you could be able to be there for them and understand what they are going through. Again, I would encourage you to check it out on www.throughthewinters.com. Thank you. Hey, all you Spotify premium account holders. We want you guys to check out Songs of Praise, a new podcast by Through the Winters Ministry, where it's about a half hour of just worship music. So whether you like meditation music, regular praise music, glory worship, gospel worship, Songs of Praise will have an episode for you. Check it out on your Spotify premium account. We know you guys will enjoy it. All right, thanks for coming back. And uh, we're talking about here in his presence. What does it mean to be in the presence of God and how it's more than just, you know, having a great time in worship, which is part of it. Um, and just um, how it's more than just even getting into the word, which is a very, very important part of it. But it's also living with what you learn in the word and learning to to walk in that experience and that feeling that you get during that time of worship and recognizing that God is there. Um, that he shouldn't have to always prove that he's there over us, that every time we have a circumstance where where things get tested or, or things start not going our way, whatever the case may be, that God, you know, if you're real, and, you know, that that shouldn't be the prayer of a, of a believer who already has established within their heart that God is real in their heart and that God does care about them and that God is, is there moving. And so I want to now continue our conversation. The first thing we talked about was about our prayer life. You know, we got to change maybe sometimes the way we pray or, you know, is our prayer always like, God, if you, if, 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 as opposed to recognizing God, um, show me and teach me and help me grow and help me walk through these circumstances, situations. We also learned that, talked about how God uh, has said that our prayer sometimes comes with a little clause attached of it you know, attached to it, you know, when we're asking God to do something or to help against something that he also requires from us to maybe change some things about ourselves. 
you know. So when we're asking God to to forgive us for our sins, do you have a forgiving heart back to those who sin against you? Um, when He talks about being righteous, you know, when we go before the Lord, you know, do we do what we want to do and still expect God to answer our prayers, or do we really seek to follow Him? So those kind of things happen. But now I want to turn to. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, and I'm reading from verse 16 through 19, where Jesus says this. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you with you, to help be with you forever. The spirit of the truth. The word cannot accept, the world cannot accept him, sorry, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you, in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. And so, of course, what God is talking about here, what Jesus is talking about here, is about the coming of the Holy Spirit. He says the world's not going to recognize him. The world's not going to see it because it's not going to be something natural with their natural eyes can see. But you'll see it because you believe in me, because you believe in the Father. You're going to believe in now the power of the Holy Spirit and you're going to see great things through this Holy Spirit. He's going to show you things like you've never seen before. Your faith in, in who I am in your life is going to help you um, move mountains through the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to see things in different ways and the world won't understand it. The world won't comprehend it. For them, you know, like the loaves and fish, you know, five plus two should equal seven and, and it should only feed maybe about, you know, 12, 13 people tops, if that. But no, with God, it's going to feed 5,000 plus. And so it's, it's, it's Jesus revealing to us. He says, you know, prayer plays an important part, but also receiving this Holy Spirit is going to be an amazing thing. And so Jesus, knowing physically that he was going to leave the disciples, said that he was going to still remain with them and that this Holy Spirit was going to come and still, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit, he was going to bring the presence of God, not just something on the outside, but now the Holy Spirit was going to dwell the power of God inside us, inside the believer. And so the Holy Spirit will guide them. And the Holy Spirit is going to, that the same spirit that he promised them, the, the disciples, uh, was going to come upon them, is the same spirit that dwells with us today. So what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit helps us to live in accordance to God's will. He, he shows us um, God's heart. He helps us to to know the, about the presence of the Lord and, and, and what it is that God has challenged us with. And sometimes the Holy Spirit can be that little voice, you know, that says, you know, this is wrong. Sometimes we're waiting for that burning bush experience. And some and those kind of things may happen. There may be those literal things. Like I said, God showed me in, in, when I was younger that he really is there and he really hears my prayers. And it was a, a natural experience that I experienced that, that, that showed me, you know, God is hearing me and that he's real. But sometimes it could be that simple voice on the shoulder that says, okay, you know that what you're about to do is wrong. You don't need no rocket science. You don't need no burning bush. You don't need no parting in the Red Sea. You don't need me to walk on water or whatever for you to know this is wrong. And now it's just up to us to listen to it. And some of you know what I'm talking about. When we're going and we're moving, we're doing things like, uh, but God will forgive me, right? He knows my heart. He knows that I love him. No, he knows that your heart is corrupt. He knows He knows that we're full of sin, myself included, that we're full of sin. He knows that there's garbage that, that we allow ourselves to, to partake in. And he's like, come on, turn from those things. You know this is wrong. And that's how simple sometimes the Holy Spirit can speak to us. 
just that little thing on the shoulder. You know, you seen those cartoons with the devil and the angel on the shoulder kind of thing. Like, you know, this is wrong. Now you got a choice to make. You say you want to follow me. You say you want you want me to move in your life like never before. You say you want me to do some miracles, but dude, you got to start now doing right. And so sometimes it's, it's that simple, and we have to uh, uh, give unrestricted access to the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, believe it or not, and I've seen this also, I, I've seen people say, yes, Lord, have your way, but they restrict the power of the Holy Spirit to move over their lives by, by saying, just don't touch this area, and I'm still working on that. Like, yes, Lord, you have your way, and they worship, and they'll they'll be the best of this and that, and they'll do all kind of stuff, and like, uh-uh, but that person right there, I'm never going to learn, I'm not going to forgive that person. God's got to work and wing on that one. God's got to work with us, all of us, on something. But when you're restricting, saying that that ain't happening, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm holding on to that sin. I'm holding on to that anger. I'm holding on to that envy, that jealousy, that whatever, that arrogance, that pride. I'm holding on to that because that's that, that that's me. God understands. Yeah, God understands. You're wicked. That's 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 what God understands, and that you don't want Him to really change you and to move in you and become and help you become what He knows you could be. You want to stay a knucklehead? Stay a knucklehead. I love how Psalms 46, beautiful verse. Psalms 46, verse one says. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I'm raising my hand as I'm saying this so that you're not alone. How many of us sometimes have forgotten that? That he's a very present help in our times of trouble. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that when things bad happen, that being scared and being caught off guard and all that kind of stuff, it's going to happen. But when we bring ourselves together and we say, okay, it, it happened, reality hit, something stirred my, my world, something shocked me, whatever the case may be. God, I need your strength right now. Lord, I know, I know, listen to the prayer. I know you hear me. And so God, right now with this situation that's just come to my attention or this thing that, that caught me unaware or God, with this, this person that has risen up against me or whatever the case may be, Lord, give me the strength to forgive. Lord, give me a peace. Lord, help me to, to, to move forward. Give me wisdom on God, how I'm supposed to proceed. It's a difference in the prayer as opposed to, God, if you're real, I need you to do it. We're falling backwards instead of moving forward and being the prayer where he's called us to be. Because in addition, that's not when we welcome the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need you. Because my hand wants to curl up and become a fist. Lord, help me to lift my hands up in worship and in praise instead. Holy Spirit, I need you right now to give me a peace that goes beyond all understanding. Because right now I'm confused and I'm hurt or I'm angry or, 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 or I'm lost. I feel, I feel alone. Holy Spirit, give me peace. Give me strength as your word says. Do you see how all this goes hand in hand? I know it's cliche for a lot of believers, but prayer, the word, and allowing the Holy Spirit to be a part of our lives all go hand in hand, and it's so needed for the everyday person. Another psalm is Psalm 1611, where the writer says, Tell us that we are in his presence and that he, being close to you, is like being full of joy. So uh, uh, Psalm 1611 is, is, is talking about how just being in God's presence alone, you feel joy. Um, and I can't explain that in any other better way than those strong believers, you know, in some cases, those ambassadors 
that have lost a loved one. Let's say a woman who's lost a husband, but she's a strong, a strong ambassador for Christ. And yet it's like, you know, that was her best friend. You know that, that her and her husband were, were a dynamic duo. Like they were, they were everything. And in losing him though, though she, she's hurt and she's brave, she's still smiling. How is she? Oh man, I wish I had that strength, man. I wish I had that power. You know, how, how is she able to do that? Because she's in the presence of God. She's in his presence and, and spending time in his presence so that where she should be having tears and her heart is hurting, being in the presence of God brings joy. And so I love Psalm 116.11 where it talks about being in his presence brings joy. Even in those hard times, even in those times of, of, of uncertainty, God, at least I know I'm safe in your arms. It's like maybe if you ever watch those National Geographic shows and, and let's say... It's a chimpanzee baby, you know, that hears all the noise in the jungle and scared and maybe even saw a predator. A predator tried to attack, you know, but mom held him close, whatever. And 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 it's a scary world out there. It's a scary jungle. It's it's dark and it's and there's all these weird sounds. But in mom's arms, like he felt safe. That baby feels safe. That's where it's like being in the presence of God. That it's a scary world out there, God. There's a lot of stuff going on. There the, the government's screwed up and my life is screwed up, my family's screwed up, and this and it's just nuts. It's nuts. But Lord, I feel at least safe in your arms. It's the only place that brings me peace. Oh, that's what it's that that's that's best I can compare it to. Psalms 121, the whole psalm, you know, it talks about how God never sleeps and how he is everywhere. And sometimes we gotta remember that too. God does not sleep like, oh, it's past eight o'clock. I wonder if God's listening right now. You know, I'm being silly, because you know that's silly. You know, it's 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 he's there at all times and he's everywhere. See, we have to we have to make the move because because um he makes himself available again it's low i just read a few but the scripture is loaded with how god makes himself available but he's also a gentleman he's not gonna gonna supersede you know what what, what it is you want again we have to watch our words and watch our actions because we'll say lord be a part of my life but just not this part of my life Lord, Lord, I want you to direct me and guide me and, and to bless me and, and to, to use me in a great, mighty way. But when it comes to who I want to be, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, you know, or, or my fiance or whatever, you know, that, that yeah, I, I got to do for me. So don't answer that part, you know, or, or when it comes to how I, how I choose to spend my evenings and things like that, you know, I, God, I'll be there on Sunday worshiping you like, like there's no tomorrow, but uh, leave my Saturday and my Friday nights alone. Cause I, I got I gotta do me I gotta unwind I gotta whatever your case is and whatever you think your your is your mentality to make an excuse for you to do what you want to do. So he's gonna be a gentleman. He's like, I'm here when you're ready to uh, let go of that stuff and and stop relying on those things. I'm here, you know, when when you need me and and you really want me to be a part of it and and I'll help you with the things you let me help you with, you know. But I can do a lot more. I, I you know I'm I, I'm here just waiting god's gonna be a gentleman but he's just waiting to embrace us in everything that we have you know um we just celebrated uh dr martin luther king jr day and uh, you know and one of the the we, we know his his i have a dream speech and, and we know some of the most famous lines from there but one of the lines from his i have a dream speech that i haven't heard often maybe you have um, as, as one that sticks out to me also, he says, I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. The crooked places will be made straight. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. 
and all flesh shall see it together. I love that verse, because, oh, that verse, that part of his speech, because um, it's almost scriptural, right? It's beautiful. Um, but I love how he says it because he's like, you know, look, I have a dream that one day the playing field, yes, will be, will be made even. And we know we have this corruption going on and, and things and, and need to be corrected in this world and, and in our country and things like that. But he says, every hill and every mountain shall be made low and the rough places will be made plain. The crooked places made straight. Why? Because there's mess ups on both sides. There's mess ups on in every heart. Not, not, there's not one heart except for Christ that's pure. And so crooked things need to be made straighter all across the board. So that, and I love this, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. That's a passionate dream that he was saying. He says, man, so that we can just operate and work and, and associate and connect with God together. He also said, Dr. King also said that faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Come on. That is trusting God, right? Isn't that trusting God? Taking that first step even though you don't know where it's leading you. It's like the path of Abraham. Go. Just go. And I'm going to take you to a place. But where? How, how far? Where? Just go. And sometimes taking that, that, that step of faith means that. It's our prayer life that sometimes needs to change. Getting into our word. Allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to us and, and to use us. And it's walking in faith for us to know what it means to be here in his presence. Absorb being in God's presence. If, if, if you're still asking God to prove himself to you, stop. If he's shown himself to you, stop doing that and start changing that prayer and start moving in ways and saying, God, all right, guide me, help me, help me. I've said this before in several of my preachings. You know, so many of us are so busy asking God to remove the mountain. The guy's like, I'm, 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 I'm tired. I, want, I don't want to remove the mountain. I want you to walk through the mountain. I want you to walk over. I need you to go face that mountain so that you can be equipped with what, what lies ahead. So that you can be stronger. Not so that you can be weaker. If I keep removing the mountains from your life, then how do you gain strength? How do you learn how to walk on your own two feet? How do you get off the milk and start eating solid food? God's like, come on, let me show you how to face the mountain. Not always ask for it to be removed and to cringe in the corner until it's done the way you want it to be done. He'll show himself to you, but he'll especially show himself to those who are seeking after him and who are walking in obedience, who are praying that prayer of confidence, who are allowing the Holy Spirit to, to reveal God's presence to them on a regular basis. Listen, God is present. He just needs you to turn to him. Check your own heart. See where your relationship lies. Is it a one-sided relationship? Is your relationship with God one-sided? Learn, learn how to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Learn about the art of meditation in God. I'm not talking about own kind of stuff. I'm talking about maybe putting on worship music, instrumental, or 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 soaking in His Spirit and in, in prayer time. Learn what it means to be in, the, in, uh, in a meditation time with the Holy Spirit. And learn what it means to just feel his presence. To shed a tear of joy. To learn how to hear his voice. God is there, believer. God is there, my friend. And he wants to, to have so much more in our lives. Being in his presence is the best thing we could ever have. And in times like today and the way the world is today... 
we need more and more of his presence. Amen. Listen, God bless you all. I hope um, this message helped you in some ways. And, and if you have any questions, you guys can message me uh, um, through the, the, the app. If you're going through Anchor, you click on this link. Um, there's a spot where you can send a message if you have any questions. Um, maybe you can answer them on air or whatever the case may be. Um, but we love you all. Uh, from Marsha to myself, God bless you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. Hey everyone, if you enjoyed today's podcast, I know you're going to love ThroughTheWinters.com. There you'll be able to find out more information about our ministry, Through the Winters, and you'll be able to read the articles that we've written over the last few years. We've covered topics like depression, anger, jealousy, feeling like there is no hope, loneliness. I know those articles will be a blessing to you and to those that you care about. And if you want just a little bit more of Through the Winters ministry, you can subscribe to our newsletter which we send out every week. Once again, check out throughthewinters.com. God bless you all.